Some of the topics in this episode are graphic in nature and may be disturbing to some listeners, especially children. Listener discretion is advised. Hi everyone, I'm Marisol Nichols. Welcome back to the podcast. Today we have my good friend Tim Ballard here with us talking about Haiti. Now I went to Haiti for the first time with Tim and OUR, so I know that country fairly, fairly well. Uh, I kind of never left my head. So we're going to talk about an operation that you guys recently did called Operation Praying Sage. Can you take us through that up? Yeah. First, it's interesting because Haiti is in the news now more than I've ever seen it because it's so messed up. It's like it's being run by criminals. The president was assassinated right. uh, several months ago at his home, inside his home, right? And it's just an interesting concept because people criticize this concept, including some of my own people who I've had to remove. Because it's still astonishing to me that anyone would have a critical word to say about you guys or what yeah. you do. Yeah. Really suspect. Yeah, just saying. Very suspect. Okay, continue. Um, but uh, why do you work in Haiti? It's so crazy. You, you, We have a model where we work with law enforcement or we don't work at all, which is still true. Right. Um, and to answer those people who say, you know, you're crazy to work in a place that's so underdeveloped. And so the answer is this case. Uh, you tell these 10 girls. Oh. Uh, that you 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 tell them right. you criticize them oh well we're not going to go get you sorry yeah, you're not you're not worth it we will go anywhere that's that's our promise we will go anywhere uh to find uh, women or children who are being trafficked who are who are enslaved and this is an, an example of this this case and we're just barely able to talk about it um because enough time has passed and things have closed out so we got intel um we got intel that there were uh Latin American girls that were being trafficked out of this bar in a club in Port-au-Prince, Haiti. And uh, so we start gathering in, so working with the cops, the Haitian police are very involved, very helpful. Um, basically what happened was uh, rewinding the clock. Um, they're Venezuelan girls, Venezuela being a complete, a completely collapsed state. Um, they were, uh, it creates a lot of vulnerability. And these, these were women who were like 18 to like 24, 25 ish. One was a cop, like a cop who they couldn't pay anymore because they didn't have enough money. That's how scary this is. So there, they, and there's 15 babies amongst all of them, the, their children, and they're trying to feed their starving children. So, okay, so take me back. So the babies that are with the mothers are where? In, In Venezuela. Venezuela. Yeah, I'm going back to the very beginning, how okay. this crime happened. Okay, great. Continue. Yeah, so enter this Venezuelan woman, about in her 60s, very well-dressed, looks very uh, um, legitimate. And she says, look, I feel so bad for you girls. I live in Dominican Republic. I manage a bunch of hotels, and we need help. You know, we you could come be hostesses and, and receptionists. And Is this the same woman that you and I saw? No. Different one. Yeah. She offers a job to all of them. And it's it's a two and a half hour flight, whatever, from Venezuela to Dominican Republic. And they all get so excited. Like, I get to feed my babies. And it seems like a great opportunity. Here's your ticket. You got a passport? Great. We bought your ticket. Here you go. Just get on the plane. Here's the pictures of the hotels you're going to work at. Like, you wouldn't even think, if your babies are starving, you wouldn't even think something bad could happen here. You're just thinking. It's a great opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. Go there for three or four months. You send us thousands of dollars home. So they, they get. It's a woman. And it's a woman. And it's, it's a woman. It's always a woman to make these kind of pitches. Almost always, right? Because that's it's it's so much easier to trick. 
just the, just the first time that I discovered that women were doing this was just, it's like, that's such a hard pill to swallow. It is hard because they're betraying everything about everything. everything about that's them. your group. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Um, but they're the best at it. And the girls get on the plane. Now they don't all get on the same plane, right? This is over about six to eight months, different heads, but they all report the very same story or a very similar story. They get to Dominican Republic. They go to the hotel. Oh, we got to process your passport. Boom. Some of them get a drink. And next thing they know is they woke up in Haiti, in a brothel. Uh, just so our audience knows, because I didn't know this until I went, the Dominican Republic is literally the border of... Right. It's one island. Haiti. The island's called Hispaniola. It's divided in half. Haiti's on one side. Dominican Republic's on the other. And they're like different worlds, by the way. Like the Dominican Republic, you can actually vacation there and like, have a good trip. Friends like, that are like, I'm going to DR. Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> you can't go there. I know. And then yeah. Haiti is like, it's like you, you fly over the border and it's like green and gray. It's like, what in the world yeah. happened to Haiti? Uh, so these girls all wake up. They, most of them report having woken up naked and raped immediately by these Haitian traffickers. This is your life. This is what you're now going to do. And by the way, your, your room is behind the club. And it's literally a jail cell. Like bars locked on the outside. We'll bring you out when we need to sell you. And this is their life. Their kids don't know where they are. And so we, um, we get the intel and find out pretty much what's going on. And we get enough evidence, give to the Haitian police so they have a, a warrant to go raid the place and get the girls out. Right. And um, in a place like Haiti, it's super corrupt. Um, sometimes we don't see the corruption, but we always prepare for it. And, and this is why people criticize us for not, you shouldn't work there because you, how would you, why would you support corrupt police? What it's about like, the kids and what yeah, about the girls? Think, exactly. It kills me. It's like, why is, that's always the first consideration. There are 10 women who are enslaved in the right. worst way. Like, moms. So we just don't, we, these are moms. These are moms with little babies right. who don't know where their moms are. Right. So, uh, they do the raid. We make sure because we don't trust them. And I'm just being open right. at this point. I don't even care. Like, I, usually we're like, we don't want to bust them out because they might not work with us. At this point, it's just like, no, bring it on. Haiti, I have no choice right. to, but to completely be honest about what you did on this case. So our guys go in and our aftercare team's on the ground. We go in on the stack and they get in there and no one's getting arrested. The traffickers are there. No one's getting arrested. Um how we had set it up, by the way, and this, this is really a cool, amazing story, and you'll get the footage of it. How we set it up to get the evidence initially is our guys went into pretending to be sex tourists, and they want to rent out the place and have a big sex party. And so the traffickers are like, great, here's the cost. Da, 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 here. Well, can you show us all the girls you got? Yeah, here's all the girls. So they brought all the girls out so they could get pictures because they had undercover cameras so they could identify who's here and how many more. How many more do you have? Oh, two are out. You know, so-and-so and so-and-so are out right tonight with, some, with a client, whatever. And so um, while we were there, and this is why we call it Operation Praying Sage, there's a very kind of spiritual nature to this right. whole thing. Um, these girls are all praying women, right? They are, and every night they pray the rosaries every night. They told us later, like God has to send a miracle to get us out of here. And um, so, and this is the story gets just crazy. So on that last night, when we're getting the final intel of who is actually in this place, one of the girls, says to her friend, these guys aren't, these guys are here to rape us. Like, there's something different about And if you look at our, I mean, down there, you didn't bring them on your show. 
Yeah, Swiggle, yeah. Yeah, so like he, like it's, it's, it's rough looking like there's nothing about them that doesn't scream. Nothing about them that doesn't look like rough and tough. Yeah, right. like they do not look like cops. They look like creepy, creepy dudes. And and yet something, they said something inside said they're not. She was so confident she did something that could have got her killed if she was wrong. And she, she wrote on a piece of paper and she used her left hand. And we have this little piece of paper. Okay, so you can... And um, she wrote in her left hand, in Spanish, help us please, ayúdanos por favor. And she wrote in her left hand just in case they know it did get identified by the traffickers and they couldn't trace it back to her. So she walks over and gives it to There's one of our operators. And he just takes it and just walks outside, looks at it. He's, he's, he, he, starts, he, he calls me, sobbing. He's like, I, I can't believe this. They know, they know who we are. So the next day when we came into the place, they knew. Like they were the girls knew. The girls knew. Yeah, exactly. And they knew they're you know they're gonna get rescued. And but the problem is no one's getting arrested. No one's getting arrested. And uh we're watching just this is Jessica Mass. Right. She's the hero of this story. Which I'm trying to get to come. You've got to get her. She, she's our sure. she's our she's our uh, chief of over aftercare. Yes. And she insists on, on these sensitive cases on being on the ground. Super brave, just like I'm there, I don't care. So she's walking in and she's noticing, like, what is going on? How come no one's getting arrested? And then she sees the traffickers paying the cops. And at this point, their plan is we have to save face with the, the Americans. So we have to have an excuse as to why uh, we couldn't do the arrests and the rescue. And so she's watching, she's very, very astute, you know, Jessica. And the, the traffickers or one of the cops says, okay, girls, go get your stuff. You can, you're going to get to leave. Oh my gosh, they're, they're screaming and crying and they run into the jail cell. And Jessica's like, this is a trap. They just wanted them all back in the jail cell. So she walks over to the door of the jail cell and stands there. And sure enough, here comes trafficker with padlock. And, and she was able to see it out of the corner of her eye. And st she like stuck her finger in just in the nick of time so they couldn't get it into the into the door and she actually rips the, the padlock out of the guy's hand she we have well, it let's just say that jessica's small she's tiny she's, she's tiny she's like maybe a tiny maybe tiny thing maybe you know 100 pounds so if you want yeah yeah okay got it and um she rips it out of the guy's hand you know i'm surprised because she's i mean she's you know you don't mess with her and uh our guys got there in time and de-escalated de anyway uh, Jessica's just like, girls, get out right now. Let's go. And we are ready because we, we have contingencies in place ready for corruption because we know it can happen. So we have vans outside the cops didn't even know about. The girls run into the van. They take off. Now we're being chased with the girls by cops and traffickers. And the, and the cops are trying to negotiate a deal. Like, okay, listen, like almost like a hostage negotiation. For the... Didn't something happen with the passport and the taking pictures? Yeah. Can you, did I... Jump things or you jump a little bit, yeah. Okay, continue. Yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah, no, yeah. several of our guys can never go back to Haiti ever, right? Ever, ever, ever. Um, because during this negotiation phase, it was like, look, you can't move them because we the passports are still back at the place, they're in a safe. So if you just pay a thousand dollars per girl, you know, and the cops are for, of course are going to take a, a, a piece of it, like we're not going to pay anything. Like, what are we this, like 1850, like South Carolina, right? Where the government officials are like, well, let's make a deal, and technically they own them. Look at their town. The cops are saying this. Yes, technically they're the owners. This is their business. This is their property. Like I can't even believe I'm hearing you say this. You know, but this is how they see it, right? Even the cops, because well, they're they're going to get a piece of it, right? So they're right. Um, and we refuse. Like we're not going to give you anything. 
So now we're scrambling. We, we have several. Um, we have several uh, safe houses, and we got into one where they didn't know where they were. They lost them, and they're just like super quiet, listening, looking out the window. Super intense. Yeah. Super intense. Uh, now what do we do? How do we get out of here? Well, we had already again because we're prepared for the contingencies and and because of the corruption, there's different law enforcement units that we don't tell that we're there. That we, if we activate them or ask for their help, maybe we get 10 to 15 hours of non-corruption before they figure out a way to leverage the situation and ask us for something or whatever. So eventually, it, it took a lot of maneuvering. Um, we found another chief of another area that had jurisdiction enough to come in, and he did the right thing. And he eventually went in and issued another warrant to blow the hinges off the safe and get the passports out. Mm. But during that time, you've been so guys during the negotiation phase they'd go to the police station like guys let's, let's talk like talk some sense into you right. like you're these are these are slave women right. like you're not gonna we're not gonna pay for them you're not you gotta go arrest these guys right and at, at one point they um they said oh come on in and they said give me your id and they took pictures of it took pictures of his uh passport and then went to, and then went and issued warrants for their arrest for kidnapping or whatever they came up right. with like you just you kidnapped those girls. Like I'm not kidding you. You can go watch like if you watch that, that TV series called Underground. Yeah. It's awesome. It's like it's I like seen it yet. it's 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 a uh, it's it's uh, about the Underground Railroad in the in the 19th century oh. and then all the politics and the, and the rescues and the, it was awesome. It was, a, okay. it was a cool show that like three seasons I watched all of it. But and that's what it's like. That's what we're living. Right. We're like negotiating these things and people are slaves and it's accepted that they are and their property and, and now we're gonna turn it on you, right. the rescuer. We're gonna we're gonna charge you, Harriet Tubman, like for a kidnapping. Right. <laughs> and this is happening today. Um so uh what happened was we got the passports, we got a private uh, um we chartered a little plane out of Dominican Republic, and Dominican said, We'll let you come over. We'll give you we'll give them visas for seven weeks. And so we fly them over to Dominican, and now they're, like, safe. Right. Um, but why do we call this Operation Praying Sage? And that's, this is where it's really cool. So that's, it's named after Sage Robbins, who's the wife of Tony Robbins, who's a super good friend of mine, super good friend of our foundation, and, and, and Tony is as well, of course. Probably they're our biggest donors right. of all time. Um, I think they've given over $20 million to OUR <laughs> over, over several years. Uh, so very, very spiritual person, uh, and very connected to us in a way that's almost uncanny because, so I, my passport was actually stuck because this is during COVID. Okay, right. So my passport was stuck in the state department because I was getting it renewed. And so I was running the operation from our command center, which you've been in because we've run operations out of there. I was here for this debrief, by the way. Yeah. You remember when you guys did all the debrief and just, and everyone was there telling everything that happened? Yeah, so that's I mean, right. I was, I was zoomed in on that. I that's right. Why. That's right. But yeah. You know this whole thing because you were there, obviously, uh, when right after this happened, we were planning an operation in Dominican Republic. Mm -hmm. And so this is all repeat for you because you were in the command center in the wake of this operation. But I rem even when I heard the story being right there, it was crazy. And you guys were talking about Jessica Mass, like diving at the door to get her finger in there. Right. To stop these traffickers. Yeah. And... I mean, it was, it, this was a major deal. And you're right. I, I mean, I, I, it's, I'm glad that we're telling it on this, on this platform. But so much has even happened since then. I'm so okay. excited. So that we've never told anyone. Okay. Because this, this thing's been ongoing until the present, right? So, right. so, um, so Sage Robbins, right when we finished, in that same command center where we did the debrief is where we were actually doing the live one. 
So while that whole scene I just played for you, I was in the command center, and we have this, you, you've seen, you know our software because you've used it, yep. where they, we track each other, we have cell phones, we can track yeah, so every we movement. Yeah, can literally watch everything happening in real time in this other country while you're giving commands, and we're watching the whole thing there. Right. Like, we'll be undercover inside a brothel, and we know exactly where our secondary team is. Right. Like, cause, and if they move three feet, we'll see them move on the satellite map. It's really cool. And then I can be 3,000 miles away, as I was in this operation, watching the same thing. So, like, for example, during that raid, two of our operators, uh, one of which is actually here. Where did he go? Yeah, he's, he's off. He's watching. Yeah, he's actually on this operation. I forgot. Yeah. So we're um during the mayhem of the whole scene with the with the um with the padlock and all that yeah so the, all the girls run out get in the van they go and guess what well i won't show his face but he's right there you know he, they got stuck in the place because when the cops raided two of the traffickers grabbed them thinking they were clients valuable clients come on let's hide it we know where to hide and they, these guys are armed so is is like hunkering down with like in some part of this, it's a pretty large place. It's like a big, it's like a big, uh, you know, club, nightclub. And so everybody thinks everyone's accounted for because we were actually going to hit another simultaneously another place. And so it got confusing who's where kind of thing. This is why we have the software because I was able to see, see the vans leaving right. and I see these two blue dots right. in the corner. And I say, guys, and their names right there. They're still in the place. No, no, no. They're there. No, I'm looking at them right now. Like, get your butts back in there and go fake arrest them out of there. Right. So they, they did. They they got, they forced a Haitian cop, who even though he was not on our side at that point, got him, go arrest those guys out. So they fake arrested them out. But this is the advantage of having this, in the mayhem, you see everything. It's right. eagle eye. You can see everything. So right when the girls get to the safe house after that craziness, and, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm a mess. We're sweating. We're like, yeah. I can't believe what's going on. I'm so worried about my team. It's like two in the morning at this point. And I, right when I step out of the command center, like take a breath, my phone lights up out of the blue. And it's from Sage Robbins. She didn't know about this case. I didn't talk to her about this case, you know? And it just it was just a picture of Jesus. That's all she sent. I'm like, at two in the morning, like, this is weird. I'm like, Sage, what's what's going on? It's Jesus. She's like, Tim, I don't know what happened about two hours ago. I felt just I need to, I felt I needed to come in and just kneel down and pray in my prayer room and for you guys, cause you're doing something. I don't know what it is, but you're doing something right now. I'm like, Oh my gosh, Sage, you won't like, and I told her the story right. and we were supposed to take out two places. It was called operation double tap. Right. That's what we named it. But because of the corruption, we weren't able to get to the other place. So those poor victims are still there. Right. Um, so I said, well, we need a new name. And I, and I told her right there on that Friday night, I said, we're, I'm going to name this Operation Praying Sage just because of this. And keep praying because they're stuck still, right? right? So once we got the visas, the, the temporary visas. Cool story oh, crazy, crazy. Where it's just like a mask going back and forth, going through the UN, and it was nuts. Yeah. But the, the, the Dominicans who don't love the Haitians, so that was it was not easy. Right. They finally said, okay, we'll give you seven weeks. But right. you got to get them out of here after seven weeks. Okay. So um, the night, it was on a Tuesday. Friday was that op. Tuesday night, I call Sage and Tony and say, thank you for your prayers. We got the plane. We got the passports. They're going to be safe in Dominican Republic tomorrow. Right. And Sage and Tony just sob. And Tony's like, I'm just like going berserk as he does. Why? Like, what's going on? Like, I know you're happy, but this is what's, what, what do you know? 
And they said, Tim, tomorrow, my, you know, it's already called Operation Praying Sage, right? It's like tomorrow is Sage's birthday. I'm like, oh my gosh, like another just beautiful, you know, uh, sign. So, so now they're in Dominican and now it's like, what do we do? Like, right, well, what do you do with them? my dream, which would never come to pass because, uh, this, this doesn't happen. Having worked in the U S government for as long as I have this, there's no precedent for this. There's no nexus back to the U S there's no connection back. But meaning that they have no ties just for the audience, that there's no ties to the United States at all. No ties from Venezuela. Yeah, there's no crime attached, so there's nothing the U.S. can legally do. Right. But it just so happened that at that time, I was the co-chair of the White House um, uh, Anti-Trafficking Council. And uh, so I knew some very, very high up names that I, you would even recognize if I said it, but I'm not going to say them. And I just said, I'm going to ask you something that's crazy and you're going to probably have to say no but we're kind of desperate. So I need 10 visas, the like humanitarian visas into the United States for a case that has nothing to do with the United States. And the person on the airline said, as soon as we can process it, we'll get it for you. Just to watch, like you just did the right thing just to do the right thing. Right. And in government. Right. Like, wow. Right. But these weren't bureaucrats. These were people who were elected officials who could, you know, or appointed at least that could, you know, I didn't think they could do it. They did. Right. So by the time the seven weeks was up, we had we had ten visas in our hands. It was crazy. And and I'm so grateful they didn't ask for a press because we wouldn't have been able to give it to them. They didn't. But they did say, can they have their first um, day in the United States? Can we welcome them officially in the White House? Like you got to be kidding me. These girls go from because they're still in a horrible situation. The, the the safe house in Dominica is not happy right. place. They're still locked down, freaking out. And we think these traffickers are still looking for them anywhere. Yeah, of course. I'm um, sure they have ties. So they go from <laughs> slavery to the White House. Can you imagine? In their minds, they're like, what is happening? Right. How do I get? You, you guys just dropped out of heaven. <laughs> you grab us and you take us to the, to the White House? Right. And now we're being welcomed to America as like legitimate residents? <laughs> what is happening, right? It was the coolest thing to watch these oh, girls just watch their Amazing. eyes. Yeah. Um, but the problem is we were afraid to take them through any commercial airline because traffickers are everything they're everywhere mm. looking for their property it's right. a lot of money we just took away from them and so i called tony robbins mm. and i'm like tony and you know this was a not a not a, not a great tech probably that i used but i didn't know i, was, I needed a plane <laughs> i was like tony, yeah, you just call up your friend i'm like i need a plane i, I probably should just ask him right. but instead i said do you know anyone <laughs> do you know anyone has a private plane because i need to get these girls out right. And Tony, being who he is, we're just like, when, when you need it, I'll send mine now, right now. He sends it immediately, right? And and what he has is a 737, like, gutted out, and it's like a luxury like resort. It's like, <laughs> I've never seen anything <laughs> like it. And so in comes this plane, right? And um, the girls get out of their safe house, and they're walking onto this plane. And we're on the plane, you know, he said, look, be very clear, like, this is awesome, you're going to America, this is not... This is not how it's going to go. Anybody. Not for me, not for anybody. Like, um, And then Tony had the same request with the White House. He just said, could you, on your way to D.C., could you just stop by and can we just welcome them at our home? And so they literally went from the tarmac at West Palm Beach Airport to a van. And, and Tony and Sage just had this whole... It would, I mean, we were all sobbing. Jessica Mass, me, we're just, we couldn't even, yeah. they, 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 they just took all the girls and just prayed and just a thanks to God that they got out. 
and um, spent all day at Tony's house, which is just a blast, right? It's on the right on the beach in the Olympic-sized pool, and just they just played. It's great. <laughs> they just played. They just played, and and then um, went to DC. Then from there, they went to different places where they um, have jobs, school. Because they're here. They're, yeah. citizens. they're in the United States. Right. Yeah. Can you just, what, what, what about their kids? Yeah. So that was the big thing. What about these 15 kids, right? Um, so that's been a, a more difficult process. Like they haven't seen their kids in four years. They're, this one, this one mom, um, the cop, the one who's a cop, right? Her daughter was like 12 years old when she saw her and, and now she's like 16 she's like her she's she sees her for the first time and they're the same height and they're just like what but they just like grabbed each other in the airport and like held each other for like 15 minutes like they, they didn't even like like you know, also the, the footage is insane and and now they're all home they're all here and some of them are buying houses now that have, have jobs it's like it's the most unbelievable story and they're just they're they're living their their freedom and um and this is why when people say, why would you go work in a place? I go back to this, this executive who no longer works for me, thank goodness. And was very upset about the operation because he wasn't part of it. And uh, literally said to me, he literally said to me uh, a couple weeks after that rescue operation, he was trying to demoralize the operation. You know, just a very insecure person. Um, and he said, uh, that was a waste of time. He said, you could throw a rock. He said, I could throw a rock in any direction and find that, what you just rescued. Like, whatever. And I was like... Did he really? It's a quote. It's a quote. There's a reason he longer work. Yeah, obviously. And, um, and I just thought, well, you know what? You're probably right. And that's the sad thing. And if you could throw a rock there, you better get your ass and follow that rock. Right. And go get that person. Right. And, and uh, that wasn't his point, but that was my point. And this is why we will go anywhere. Yes. How could we not? You see this story. You see what happens. But we put a lot of trust in God, frankly. We, we, we're, we're people of faith. You know, we're not denominational. We love it. We don't, we don't even have to believe to work for us. It's not like that. But there's certain things you have to just, you've got to give it over to a higher power. Because there's only so much you can do in a place like Haiti. And then it's just like, okay, we're, we, we will, we're willing to go, but, but help us. And, and this is why we're calling Operation Praying Saints, right? Because there's people out there that activate, like, like Sage Robbins and Tony and, and others. And look what happened. I mean, it's the most amazing. There's a whole documentary on this operation that comes out this fall. What's the name of it? Operation Praying Sage. Okay, good. Put it on. Yeah. And, and it comes out this fall, and um, I haven't even seen it yet. So the promise we had from the beginning, we are true to that promise, that there is no place on this planet. There's no corner of it, no place on it that we will not go if we know that women, children, or anyone is being enslaved. And thank God for you. Everyone, thank you for tuning in again to this episode of the Marisol Nichols podcast. Thank you, Tim Ballard, for joining us today. Please click on the links below. Please subscribe and tell your friends.